Hey boss, did you know that we're always hosting live hangouts, boss webinars, in-person meetups, and vacations? We're also creating a lot of content over here at Being Boss, and we don't want you to miss out on a thing. The best way to stay updated is by joining our newsletter list. Just go to www.beingboss.club where you can learn more about our in-person and online events, sign up for our newsletter, and never miss out on a thing. This Being Boss mini-sode is brought to you by 2020, where creative minds get authentic real-world stock photos. If you're looking to tell a true story through your brand to deliver an honest message to your audience on social media, the photos that you use will matter. 2020 has crowdsourced millions of photos from a community of over 350,000 photographers, all available under a simple royalty-free license. And they're offering Being Boss listeners a five-photo free trial. To start yours right now, go to 2020.com slash beingboss. That's the word 20, then 20.com slash beingboss to get five free photos. We are so excited to be guests on our friend and past Being Boss guest, Autumn Witt Boyd's podcast this week. Autumn is a copyright and trademark lawyer who hosts the Legal Roadmap podcast, a podcast that answers the intellectual property legal questions that creative entrepreneurs have about the legal issues that you may face as you grow a profitable and sustainable business, why they're important, and how others in your shoes have handled them. So you'll know what's on the horizon as you reach for your big goals. Autumn's podcast is currently in its season two, in which Autumn focuses on featuring case studies of high-achieving and ambitious entrepreneurs talking about how they've built their businesses and the legal lessons they've learned along the way. And we are super fortunate to be considered some of those high-achieving and ambitious entrepreneurs. We were just on Autumn's episode, well, this week, talking about a few different things, including how we decided to really get legally legit and how we wanted to start looking externally as legit as we were feeling on the inside. But the thing that I really want to talk about in this mini-sode is how having Autumn in our court really helped us whenever we were navigating our first book deal for the Being Boss book that's coming out this spring. Because what we have found as we grow our individual businesses and our business at Being Boss is that opportunities just pop up and you never really know they're coming or not usually at least, but you always need to be ready whenever they do. So as these opportunities arise, you will be required to suit up, as it were, to have someone like Autumn, a lawyer who is going to have your back along the way. And I'm so glad that we were already in a relationship with someone that we trusted so that it wasn't as scary to navigate the opportunity of a book deal. I can only imagine how difficult it would have been if we were trying trying to navigate a book deal and find a lawyer to help us at the same time. I know. And I also just think about as we grow our brand and our business vision, having the legal side of things really solid and having someone that can not only help us draft up contracts and review contracts, but really be our counsel is so incredibly incredibly important. Just like having that person in your court, it goes a really long way. I even think about how 
um, my friend Laura Tremaine, who we've had on the podcast before, her husband produces Jackass. And it was in the early days of like taking a VHS tape of skateboarders and MTV was playing it. And that's the kind of stuff that people do for free now on YouTube. And if he had not had the right legal team in his corner to help negotiate that deal, the Jackass franchise would not be what it is today. And so I think about that. That was like a huge lesson for me. And I want to make sure that as we grow our brand, that we are just as smart in moving forward and making sure that we're being compensated properly. And part of that is really getting legally on top of everything. And having Autumn help us do that has been incredible. So here's a sneak peek of our episode with Autumn. Now I want to shift gears a little bit. I heard a rumor that you guys are writing a book. <laughs> is that happening? You did, did you hear, hear that rumor whenever you reviewed our contract agreement? <laughs> Right, you have a you have a very close birdie friend. Yes, um, yes, we are Autumn. We are glad to glad to make that rumor truth. Now we do. We ha- we got a book deal almost a year ago. Now at the end of 2017, we spent the early part of 20. Nope, that was end of 2016. See, these years are jacking us up. <laughs> Early part of 2017, we uh, we wrote the book and we've been going through the process of um, reviewing designs and copy edits and all of those things. And our book will be out spring, April, I believe, of 2018. Yay! So I would love to just hear a little bit about some decisions you made along the way and any lessons that you learned from figuring out, are we going to traditionally publish? Are we going to self-publish? Are we going to use an agent? Are we not going to use an agent? Do we need a lawyer to help? Talk us through some of those decisions. Emily and I could have easily decided to self-publish. However, there were some decisions that went into traditionally publishing that really factored into how we were wanting to grow our brand, actually getting it done the kind of clout that goes with being traditionally published, I have to say, is a little different than self-publishing, even though monetarily, who knows how that might end up shaking out. So we knew that we wanted to write a book, and we kind of had been approached by a couple of agents, even just via the podcast. And that's not a typical thing, I don't think, at least from what I hear. So we had a... Th- after- I think it depends on your reach and your audience. <laughs> so speaking to a couple of agents, it just didn't feel quite right. So we were still just shelving the idea because we were doing all these other things like going on vacations and creating our digital product. So we kind of shelved it. And Then one day, an agent reached out to us that we just connected with. She got it. We liked her experience. We liked her background. And we thought, okay, this is the kind of opportunity that we've been waiting for, or even a sign that we've been waiting for, that this is the right route to go. And we just wanted to try it out. I feel like self-publishing is the kind of route that we would typically take, both Emily and myself, like as creative entrepreneurs. But we wanted to try something in the traditional space and see how that would help our brand and expand our reach and even just get more experience under our belt. That's great. So now as far as negotiating and getting an actual publishing deal, how much did you guys have to handle versus what did the agent, how did the agent play that role? I was really surprised at how much our agent took over in a lot of those things in terms of getting us the calls with the publishers and prepping us and making sure that we were ready and really helping us with the proposal, but also whenever it came to 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 getting the 
the pitches there the, is that what they're called <laughs> the, the pitches. bids the bids yeah. those things from the publisher she was really good about like reading through them first and then presenting them and then giving her feedback in terms of what was a good one and what wasn't and then going back with them and negotiating like i was i was actually very pleasantly surprised at how much more the book agent or at least our book agent did for us or is responsible for and it seemed pretty standard with that relationship how that went down so she did quite a bit of it, which was really great. Yeah. And then you also had a third party look over that contract. <laughs> that would be you, Autumn. Yes. Um, just I reviewed the contract. <laughs> just to make sure that our best interests were really being represented. And, you know, we have a shorthand with you as our friend and as our lawyer where we can say, okay, here's our vision. Like we're able to go with you with our big vision of what we might be creating in the future. Right. And say, How does some of these terms and conditions affect what we want to create next? Whereas our agent and our agent's lawyer is probably really just focusing on the deal at hand. Right. And making sure that all of that is being met where we really used you was, okay, but here's our long-term vision What's Can we next? do these things we want to do under these, this contract? Exactly. Yeah. Because there were some questions that I had and spoke with your agent about. And she was like, no, no, no. Those are deal points. I've already negotiated that. We're not going back to them about that. And I was like, okay, fine. So it is interesting the different roles that everyone plays. Because I do have other clients who haven't used an agent. And maybe I was a little more of a player in that negotiation. So it just depends on who you have on your team. Everybody has a role to play. What lessons would you say you've learned just from getting this far into the book process or what would you recommend for someone looking at doing that in the future? I think that there's a lot of things and I can't talk about any specifics of the deal mostly because I don't know them. <laughs> but I think that some of the things I would really want to look at is one creative control. And that was a conversation that we had with them. So creative control is probably a big one as far as just Emily and I saying, okay, are we going to be able to write this in our voice? And how much can you edit? And how much can we put our foot down? And that really is almost like in an operating agreement where you have the groundwork, but then there is some wiggle room for conversation. And we have found that wiggle room and we have you know, gone to the edges of some of that wiggle room within the parameters of the contract. I would also say things like international rights or selling the books in different markets. And I can hardly even wrap my head around it. But I think that these are things to really consider, like what are the parameters of this and how far does that reach geographically and legally? And right. Because often the publisher, the publisher wants all the rights and you want to give away as few rights as possible. So there's always kind of a push and a pull. Yeah. And I just don't know about rights. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and my thing is, and this is just kind of also the kind of person that I am, but I like to push things as far as I can. And I feel like whenever you're going through, especially your first time doing something big, like getting a book deal or whatever it may be, you just kind of want to like not so much be a people pleaser, but you want to just like get the thing done. But I'm also of the mind where I want to see how far I can push things. And so sometimes whenever we come up against timelines or, you know, who gets the last say of whatever, I think like what would have happened if I had like really <laughs> went hard for control over one thing or changing one thing or whatever. And, and not that it's been a bad time because it definitely hasn't been. But th these are the things that I think about where I would like to know 
what the real boundaries are in terms of working with traditional publishers. Because what I do see as someone who runs a very like quote unquote new age business and not like crystals, but like I have an online business in an economy that is completely new. I, I see it almost, or I see the publishing world as almost like a dinosaur. Like what would happen if they got new and like <laughs> freshened some things up and really like opened up and had new conversations? Maybe next book deal, I will, I'll, I'll make them open up and have those conversations and maybe I'll get the most amazing book deal of all time or maybe I'll get a door slammed in my face. We'll totally see. But that's, that's been one of my sort of lessons learned from this process is that it's such an old school way of doing things. I wonder what it would look like to turn the publishing world into a new school way of collaborating with creative people. And what's super cool is I think that we're actually doing that. So our publishing team over at Running Press has been super open to having conversations with us where we can really integrate our new way of marketing. Like, so some grassroots online marketing efforts influencer efforts with their traditional system because like I want to ride a dinosaur like that sounds cool (laughs) or I want to get on the today show for example and they have those kinds of contacts and connections and that is why we went that route and I've just been super excited at how open they've been in working with us in this world and being open to us saying like well hey we have a podcast that's an asset to help promote this book, how can we make sure that we're really doubling down on this effort together and just really getting on the same page together? So they've been really open to that. So I think that we are kind of helping to change the traditional publishing industry from the inside out. And it will be interesting to see how a second book deal goes by kind of being different than anyone else who has maybe published a book in that space before. Yeah. And to go to what Emily said earlier, I mean, anytime you're negotiating, you never know what that what that point is where the other side will walk away. And that's what makes it challenging and frustrating and fun if you enjoy negotiating. And the same is true for selling ad space. The same is true for pricing your product, no matter what it is. Like it's all a negotiation, right? And I think that Emily is so good. Like we kind of have probably a good cop, bad cop situation going on. Always. I'm probably, and who knows, it might also be kind of what's been conditioned to us as women in the Midwest. Like it's easy to go to that people pleaser place. I think more than that is just wanting it so bad, like really wanting it. And you have to be willing to walk away from it. And I think that that's something I could learn to do. I think that Emily's got it in her bones. Like she's just Right. And I could certainly, I could certainly do with a little more like acceptance in my life. (laughs) So we definitely balance each other out. It's been cool partnering with each other in that way too. Yeah. Well, as, as the lawyer, I will sometimes review deals that are not good deals and that probably should not be taken. But sometimes the person wants it so badly that they're okay with the fact that it's not a good deal because maybe it's going to help them accomplish something else. Even if they're not going to make money from it, you know, it will have some other benefits. You have to always weigh all the things. I mean, I'm sure that you also see good deals or quote unquote good deals that are a lot of money, but you might be giving away a lot of rights. Right. How much is that really worth? Yeah. It depends on what you want to do in the future. And so you have to think of it, having that big picture in mind, I think is really important. And that was one of the most like helpful things working with you on the book is like, okay, we're selling 
Right. And it is like selling a house. Like it feels the most like selling a house. It was just incredible. It was an incredible experience. I had no idea how much went into it. But I think that for me, we're selling a book called Being Boss to our publisher and then they own the rights. But how much of the rights to the brand now being boss do they really own? So it was really helpful working with you to really clarify that our brand is still protected. Yeah. That this is a book separate from the podcast, for example. It was such a treat to be a guest on the Legal Roadmap podcast. You can listen to the full episode in iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you are listening to this podcast and get more info, show notes, and transcripts from the episode at www.awbfirm.com slash podcast. This minisode was brought to you by 2020. Check them out at 2020.com slash beingboss. That's T-W-E-N-T-Y 20 as in the number dot com slash beingboss. Did you like this minisode? Be sure to check us out on our website at beingboss.club. There you can find more from Being Boss, including our full episodes, minisodes, and blog posts. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list so that you can get access to behind the scenes and exclusive content from Kathleen and myself to help you be more boss in your work and life. Do the work, be boss.